City Church. Welcome to City Church together for Friday, February 4th. Welcome. You see what I did there? I started by saying welcome. I announced the date, and then I said welcome again. Now you might think, that was on accident. He didn't mean to do that. Well, you're wrong, because today I want you to feel doubly welcome. All right? I hope that you are. If you're tracking with us as we go through um, this series on habits called Radically Normal. Radically, radically normal. Radically normal. That's the way it's pronounced. Um, you'll know that uh, we most recently, um, I preached on uh, Scripture prayer, which is meditating through the Scriptures and communing with God as you go through the Scriptures. And that is actually what we help you with here, combined with disciplines we've learned in the past, here journals. So um, uh, I hope, if you're listening, that you're engaging. Uh, we just updated uh, the entire year's worth of what we're reading together through in the Scripture. Um, and I want to reemphasize, in case you're joining us anew uh, because of this series, I want to reemphasize that, um, yes, uh, we are reading the Bible through in a year, but you don't have to do that. Um, and if you want to take just one of the four readings every day, I think that would be wonderful too. Um, but I am, as much as I can, um, seeking to do sort of hear journal mashups where, so that I'm um, engaging, we're engaging all of the scripture that we're reading. Um, sometimes it doesn't lend itself to that, but today's in particular does. Also, so we're going to get to that in a second. Um, this weekend, this Sunday, um, Lord willing, we will be commissioning two new elders to our church and, uh, very thankful for that and for the, for the process they've been through about a year, um, of, uh, preparing to be elders and we're, we're happy to, to, um, commission them this weekend. So we'd love you to, to be physically with us. Um, your, your presence physically with us at 313B South Church in Murfreesboro, um, uh, if at all you can. It's so important to be with the gathered body. And wherever you're listening, wherever you're from, I hope you find um, a gathered body of believers to worship with this Sunday in person, if at all possible. All right, here we go. Oh, also, we have we do have the weekender coming up. So if you want to commit to this body of believers, um, then uh, you can join us weekender. That is uh, coming up February 18th and 19th. Their link will be in the show notes. If you're interested in all things Zelda. All right, so Mark 7 is the, what we're going to read today and uh, going to dip into some of the other things. Uh, hi, my name is Trevor. Boy, that came late in the show. Um, show, Trevor, is this entertainment? Is that why you're doing this? Well, partially my life is entertainment, but not really. It's more engagement of on a deeper level of humor. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, man, you guys are like circus pets. Bear with me. Okay, here we go. Mark 7. Mark 7. This is uh, going to be Jesus talking. Um, and we are going to start in, uh, let's, just, let's just start from the top. Mark 7, verse 1. It says, The Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus. They observed that some of his disciples were eating bread with unclean, that is, unwashed, hands gross, okay? For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, keeping the tradition of the elders. When they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they have washed. 
And there are many other customs that have received and keep, like the washing of cups, pitchers, kettles, and like everybody does even today, washing their dining couches. Right? So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating bread with ceremonially unclean hands? He answered them, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites, as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands. Abandoning the command of God, you hold on to human tradition. He also said to them, you have a fine way of invalidating God's command in order to set up your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and whoever speaks of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me is korban, that is, an offering devoted to God, you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many other similar things. Summoning the crowd again, he told them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that goes into a person from outside can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And that is, well, actually, let's, let's finish up the chapter here. When he went into the house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, are you also lacking in understanding? Don't you realize that nothing going into a person from the outside can defile him? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into the stomach and is eliminated. Thus, he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of people's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, self-indulgence, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. All right, and that is the word of the Lord from Mark chapter 7. We are interacting today with Mark chapter 7. Today's daily reading was Mark chapter 7, also from Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 37, I believe, is today, and then also Job 3 and Romans 7. Uh, if you remember the original Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, and uh, the lady, I don't know what her, her name is, but she's a British actress, and uh, she plays a, um, a evil spy, if you will. And one of the codes in that um, that he has to unlock and figure out is um, it actually, he thinks it's job 314 or job 314, and actually it's Job 314, which you read today. I don't have in front of me exactly what that says, but I never see Job 3 without saying, without thinking Job 314, um, or Job 314, and also um, combination 314. Again, I'm sorry. That's a quick trip in the recesses of my mind and media. All right, <laughs> let's talk about Mark chapter 7 as it interacts with these other passages. Okay, in Mark chapter 7, we go through a here journal. Where I want to zero in on or highlight is the verse um, in Mark seven fifteen, where Jesus says, nothing that goes into a person from outside can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Now, um, religion as long as I have known it and even, you know, of course, predating even Jesus's words here, there, there is a high value in uh, religion 
of trying to keep oneself clean from exterior defilement. And so um, you know, it, it, it almost, you know, it almost sounds like it didn't even exist. It's so it's it feels so laughable now. But, you know, in the it, sort of in the in the 1940s and 50s, um, uh, lots of Christianity in America um, carried with it the idea that one should not go to the movies or one should not play cards. Um, actually, it's dating back earlier than the 40s, probably back to the 20s. Um, so don't don't uh, don't play cards. Don't go to movies. And it um, at, at that time that was a very serious thing. And actually, if you read into it, which I'm not going to go into it now, um, there's some understanding about sort of the state of um, what was happening in those uh, places at the time. And now you know it's like who doesn't have a you know who doesn't have some playing cards in their junk drawer that they can pull out and play solitaire. You know, I do. That's, that's the uh, weapon of choice when I'm just sitting in the kitchen. Um, with nothing to do. It's cards. But at one time, it was like that was thought to defile you. And there are all sorts of taboos that religions for centuries and millennia have said, if you participate in these things, this is what makes you unclean. Therefore, do not participate in these things. Now, in Mark chapter 7, you have the scribes and Pharisees who are, in a sense, obeying the law. Um, because, yes, there are laws about washing hands and cleanliness. And, you know, this is one of the things I love about the law of God. is like before even we knew about um, microscopic bacteria, the law of God was actually having you, hey, you should wash your hands before you eat to get rid of uncleanness, you know, and that wasn't the same thing, but there's still a general principle that's happened there. Same, same idea with washing in living water or running water instead of, instead of still water, uh, which I think is where Oklahoma State is. Anyway, carrying on, um, the Pharisees key in on this idea of in, in Mark chapter seven of external cleanliness, or if you want to remain holy, make sure you don't defile yourself with sort of taboo things like playing cards or going to the movies, or uh, in this case, not washing your hands. And Jesus comes in very unexpected with from all of the warp and woof of religions in the past. And he says, actually, it is not what is on, in this verse, what is not what goes into a person from the outside that is our problem. In other words, you are your own worst enemy. Sin is coming out of you. In, in the book of James, uh, James talks about um, the sort of the birth of sin. And he says it comes from desires inside of you. And so Jesus is reversing the idea of where blame lies for our sin. It is not you are sort of a whole pure individual and then you step into situation. You know, it's like nature or nurture. You know, you have a sin nature. You don't have a sin nurture primarily, um, although you could make an argument. But the idea, again, here is what is happening inside of you that comes out, the sort of these desires that are birthed, is what defiles you. And Jesus gives the example after he rebukes them with Isaiah's prophecy that they, uh, sort of this hypocritical idea, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In other words, they don't have a relational connection with me, even though they're talking about things that relate to me, says Yahweh through Isaiah. The example Jesus gives is, hey, you know that thing where, um, I'll give you another law that you guys don't obey, and you explain it away. He says, you know that thing where you're supposed to honor your mother and father? 
Yeah, well, you guys are should be taking care of your mothers and mo- your mothers and your fathers with your money, Pharisees. But instead of paying them, instead of getting rid of the money that you uh, not getting rid of, instead of using the money that you have to care for your mother and father, instead what you're doing is you're appealing to this idea of korban. In other words, um, it, the shortcut is think of me as a pastor saying. Oh, I don't need to give my money to the church. I work for the church. So my time is my money, and it would just be going right back into my pocket with salary anyway. Like figuring out a way to make my greed acceptable, and that's what he calls them out on. He says what you really care about, what you really think is that you're going to be defiled from the outside. He said, but then you twist the law to work in your favor. And so you pay a lot of attention to the laws that are sort of easy for you to keep, but you, you pay no attention to the laws that would really inconvenience you. Meanwhile, he says at a different time, you keep heaping these laws up on other people that are terribly inconveniencing them and burdening them for your own good. Okay, so defilement comes not from the outside. It comes from the inside is Jesus's point here. And to the Pharisees, you're not watching the inside. Now, what you read in Genesis 37 today is the story of Joseph. Story of Joseph and his brothers, there's lots of blame that happens. You have Joseph, who is a blameless character, and you have his brothers. Joseph simply delivers the truth about uh, delivers the truth about the dream that he had, and his brothers then blame him for their misery. They blame him for their disconnection with the father, and they end up throwing him in a pit, a disconnection with their father, not the father. All right, so that's Genesis 37. Then over in Job 3, of course, Job, combination 314. In Job 3, you have, um, you have Job, who all of these things, these uh, terrible things are happening to him. You know, his, his family has died. He's being tested and tried. And Job does not blame. Instead, Job reflects. And so in chapter 3, you have the opening of um, Job's speech to God. And so Job is reflective in all of these things that are coming against him instead of blaming. So when negative things are happening to Joseph's brother, it's Joseph's fault. It's, it's coming from outside of us. And meanwhile, they, they sin and defile him. But in, in Job, actually, it says that Job did not sin or blame God from anything. So there's an example of not blaming in Job. And then you go over to Romans 7. And Romans 7 is Paul saying, um, um, Paul looking, being self-reflective about his inner self and the problem of sin inside of him. In other words, I am my own worst enemy. So you have great examples here, negative example in in. Genesis 37, it's Joseph's fault. It's his fault. Let's, let's, let's take care of him. Meanwhile, sin is coming up in them as they murder and betray their brother. And then you have two good examples of Job. One, Job being self-reflective when all this stuff is happening instead of blaming. And Paul, additionally, thinking about and talking or writing about sin in him and where how that all comes up. And so Jesus' point, again, and here's our, here's our application now. Our application is don't succumb to the temptation to point the finger outside of you for your sin. That doesn't mean that people don't do things that affect us. They absolutely do. doesn't mean that people don't wrong us. It doesn't mean that fault is not located in other people. However, however, there is always a way that we can be reflective 
and thoughtful about the desires that are bubbling up in us and how they are leading us to reject God's presence, to reject God's presence and to take up, um, uh, to reject God's presence and to take up our own um, uh, sort of self-righteousness and blame. So for our application, the application is that sin, we, we need to recognize that sin, um, when, when we are in moments where we are tempted to point outside of us to blame for the, the situation that we're in, um, that there, we have a moment and an opportunity to look inward at the desires that are coming up in us, name the sin, confess it, and as long as it depends upon us, seek peace with one another, peace with God, peace with each other. Um, instead of that, that temptation to say, I'm not the one who put me here. And until I get revenge or until I point the finger or until I can somehow move the blame primarily on someone else, I can't be at peace. And it just, that doesn't, that doesn't provide peace. What provides peace is where Paul ends up at the end of Romans seven, which is there is no condemnation. Thank, thanks be to God who has freed me from this body of death. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And that is what we strive to say. Let's be silent now and pray. Our Father, thank you that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, that as we locate these desires in us that give birth to sin, as James says, that we can confidently repent, we can confidently confess, knowing that you love us, that you see that sin already, and in Christ you have already dealt with it. And now we can freely turn our backs on that sin as we embrace you and your presence. God, give us, give us the courage to do that on a day-by-day basis to realize that what defiles us comes not from the outside but from the inside, and you have put your Holy Spirit inside us, and you have called us holy righteous in yours. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.